0: Welcome to Sacred Realms. Ah! It's a great day in Hyrule, y'all. Welcome to Sacred Realms, a Zelda retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Lyndon Willoughby, joined, as always, in the waning episodes of A Link to the Past by our co-host, Matt Willoughby. Matt, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, guys. How are you, Lyndon? It's a a great day. It's January. uh, Still kind of chilly down here in Texas, but we are pushing towards spring, spring, in Texas starts in, like, the middle of February normally, so, uh, you know, we've got just a few more weeks, month and a half of cold weather, but I'm fantastic. I'm about to go on vacation, so I'm, going, like, Matt. very fantastic. I'm going to good old Mexico. Uh, Mexico? I'm going to sit on a beach. I haven't been on a vacation in two and a half years, because um, the last time we were supposed to go on vacation, I got COVID and couldn't go, so... Mm. I have not been on an actual vacation in over two years, and I am very excited to.
0: The, the uh, COVID be that way sometimes.
1: It, COVID do be that way sometimes. I'm going to put my butt on a beach and play a lot of Zelda, read some books, drink a lot of Mai Tais and margaritas, and just chill.
0: That sounds like such an excellent time for you, Matt. I unfortunately am not going on vacation anytime soon. Turns out that uh, right when you start a brand new job, the last thing they want you to do is to immediately take a full week of PTO. So.
1: That is generally found frowned upon when you start a new job, yes. Um, I would say that uh, sticking it out and actually working in your new job would definitely be the way to go. Um, but Especially, at least you get something.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, I feel like it's hard to be down about that when I actually freaking love my job. So there you go.
1: When you love your job, do you really work a day in your life?
0: I mean, yes, you <laughs> no, do. No,
1: I say yes, but nah. but But work, like
0: – yeah, I feel like that's. I feel like people who say no to that are usually in HR and they want you to uh, be yes. at your desk, or,
1: or there's, or they are salespeople who just like, literally get off on doing their job, or figuratively, yeah, figuratively.
0: Uh, uh some maybe maybe
1: both. Maybe both, possibly both. it could be like those people in South Park when they're the cable company guys. <laughs> oh, we can't get out there for like two weeks <laughs> and just, uh rubbing their rubbing their nips under their shirts Did you see not, that episode?
0: i I haven't, but you know what, Matt? I'm not here to judge anybody, so
1: <laughs> that episode is hilarious.
0: I'm so way behind on South Park. I'm like years and years behind.
1: I only watch like episodes that people recommend to me, and that was one of them, and it was hilarious well but, but yeah just, i like watched south park consecutively or anything although just, the pandemic special vaccination special were both good and two of my best buds are over there watching the made for tv movie part one right now and so i was kind of chiming mm, on that for a minute before we started doing this
0: nice i'll have to give those uh give those a watch i've heard nothing but good things um yeah I had a segue. I was going to like lead right into something and I can't remember what it was. I'm going to stall for time and just ask you what you're drinking.
1: Uh, So apparently I didn't know this. I am drinking um, Four Roses single barrel barrel proof, which I thought it was just regular single barrel until I took a fairly large swig and just got a mouthful of 120 proof bourbon that was very uncomfortable for a hot second um and then i was like what in the world is that and uh definitely went and looked at the bottle and yes is a barrel proof bourbon that i should not be taking large swigs of um that's a sipping whiskey um all, yeah, uh, all all
0: all 120 of those proofs went straight down the hatch i huh, am at
1: straight down the hatch and uh my eyes were watering and my throat was crying for mercy but uh <laughs> it was it is delicious i will i'll give it that
0: well, I myself am having a little bit of the 2022 Woodford Reserve Masters Collection release, also known as the Five Malt Stouted Mash. So, How did
1: you get one? When did you get one?
0: Um. Well, uh, our our brother Jackson, who we love and who I assumed yeah. loved us equally, although maybe not, um, informed me when he went to Total Wine one day and they had just like five bottles sitting on the shelf.
1: Yeah, he did not tell me that.
0: Well, maybe he doesn't love us equally.
1: I feel less loved and very offended. Huh. I'm going to have to pick that up with him when he gets back.
0: Well, I feel happy and warm in my tum-tum because I have the whiskey and I'm drinking it.
1: <laughs> well, you should. I thought, what happened to dry January? Like, literally last week we were talking about you and Colleen were doing dry January. Did that last all of a week and a half?
0: Dude, does dry January ever last all of January for anybody? Like, <laughs> I, don't think so. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you get points for effort on dry january, right? Like
1: I'm proud of you
0: for admitting that to yourself. You know. I mean, we're all we're all adults here and you know sometimes sometimes you just fail at things and Dry january is one of <laughs> those, I guess.
1: Do you uh do you consider yourself a failure, Lyndon? Do you a failure I mean, at Dry January?
0: I mean, not on a macro level, but like on this one specific thing. Yes, I'm I'm an abject failure.
1: <laughs> oh man! Well, you know, I mean, you do have a pretty fa- fantastic life otherwise. So if you know, if you're failing at dry January, at least that's something fun to be failing at.
0: Self honesty is a virtue, Matt. That's what I say.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough.
0: Happy oh, for man. you, and I'm happy yeah. you're
1: enjoying Goss whiskey because really,
0: it's the best. I am. I'm truly, truly having a great time with it. You ready to get into this episode, Matt?
1: I am always ready to get into the episode, Lyndon. Sounds well, good. In that, I, I am now. What was that? I said almost always ready to get into episodes, but I definitely am now.
0: I believe, just for anyone keeping track, this marks two weeks in a row that Matt has shown up to the episode with the plot it's like recap.
1: Four weeks in a row. Thank you. It's more than two.
0: Rude. This is this is at least three weeks in a row that Matt has shown up to the episode with the plot recap ready to go. So we we appreciate your uh, your preparedness, Matt. You're uh, you know, a gentleman nobody a scholar. That.
1: Nobody would know that if you didn't bring it up because we do post editing on the podcast anyway. So, like, you're just doing this to throw me under the bus. I don't appreciate it.
0: I mean, I just consider it an extra form of accountability for you. You know, it's good for you. It's okay. Embrace it. Hug it.
1: I hate you so much. All right, whatever. Just get into the episode.
0: If you didn't know, Sacred Realms is a weekly re-examination of The Legend of Zelda, one little slice at a time. Sacred Realms drops every Wednesday and is available on all major podcast networks. Every week, we play a new section of a Zelda game, and then we sit down here to talk and drop our hot takes that sounds fun to you, please head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and be sure to leave us a review. You can also now go to Spotify and give us star ratings there, although you cannot write a written review. That's okay. Those star ratings, still sweet and juicy. We love them. Uh, written reviews are greatly appreciated, and they have a chance to get a shout-out here on the show. If you want more Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com realms pod to get access to bonus episodes right in listener mail vote on what game we play next, and so much more. I do just want to drop a small reminder in here, if you have not listened to last week's episode, this is your reminder, and I'll probably drop a blurb in here about it every week leading up to the end of this season. Um, at the end of this season, we are going to be taking a short hiatus, somewhere in the month-to-two month range, during which time we will begin playing the next game that we're playing after A Link to the Past, and that game is Breath of the Wild. We're taking that time off so that we can uh, store up a, a good amount of time just playing the game um, and not being worried about rushing um, to get a week to week chunk of it uh, done, just because it is that kind of game, and we feel like it deserves space to breathe. So, Breath of the Wild is coming up next after a short break. Although we are discussing ways in which we may still be active on your feeds during that time, so stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out. Several different suggestions have been offered,
1: and most so of them we'll good. See.
0: Most of them good. Yeah, most of them good. So expect to hear more on that very soon. But without further ado, let's talk about what we played. We do that, of course, every week in the Sacred Realms Rundown, which is a six part analysis of what we played this week and the feelings that it made us feel. Today, we are covering A Link to the Past chapter 10, which includes the Turtle Rock dungeon, the final main dungeon in this game. Can't believe we made it here, Matt.
1: So do we consider this the final main dungeon or do we consider Ganon's castle the final main dungeon? Because Ganon's castle is technically a dungeon.
0: It is, but uh, just for the sake of like applying this rubric to all the games that we play, um, because I don't think that Ganon's castle or whatever the final level is can always be considered a dungeon necessarily, you know? Like it's kind of wishy-washy, like sometimes it's you know sometimes it's a whole dungeon sometimes it's just a few rooms whatever so i i always am going to call like the last main dungeon where you you go through it you get an item you fight a boss whatever like that's the last main dungeon of the game does that make sense
1: yeah no i'm I'm good with it just wanted to make sure we were cool blind. simpatico simpatico oh, who's the guy that sings that song there's a really oh it's in the uh the Cameron Diaz uh, movie, Bad Teacher, when uh, Justin Timberlake <laughs> singing that weird songs. That's, anyway, I don't that know, is very a very wild, reference.
0: wild, deep cut. Like
1: that is a very obscure man. reference. The, the word simpatico always makes me think of that uh, song.
0: That is slash movie, truly slash. the deepest of cuts. Man, that was crazy. <laughs> but cool. You know what? I respect you.
1: I respect <laughs> I mean, you for it. have <laughs> yeah, random knowledge. It's just it flows out sometimes. I can't hold it in.
0: Well, you know what else flows out sometimes and we don't even want you to hold it in. The plot recap? The plot recap as read by Matt, which is, of course, part one of the Sacred Realms rundown. Matt, take it away.
1: The final maiden is on our path and we are heading to the end of our journey. One dungeon lies between us and the confrontation with Ganon. But trying to find the entrance to Turtle Rock is the most difficult temple entrance so far. Returning to the mountain range beyond the Tower of Hera, we begin exploring all throughout the tunnels and surrounding hills to find the entrance to the Dark World that resides there. As before, it is hidden near the entrance to the temple, but this time it is not under a rock at all, but can only be seen once we smash some wooden posts in the correct order. Once passing through this portal, we are standing on top of the massive rock with the turtle-shaped head and claws. As with the Misery Mire dungeon, we are required to have a unique powered medallion to enter the dungeon, but this time we need the Quake medallion. Once we step up to the platform and use it, the head of the turtle retracts into its shell and the way into the dungeon is open to us. This is by far the most complicated dungeon we have ever seen. Using the cane of Samario, we create platforms on the tracks that span the infinite depths. We have to use these platforms to navigate around, and this dungeon is not only incredibly complicated, but full of dangerous enemies, like Chain Chomp, which takes absolutely insane amounts of health from us. Adding to the complications of the moving platforms and fire traps, there are also tube systems that are used to get to new places and doors within this dungeon. After traversing many of these pathways, we find the big key and the chest, which grants us the powerful mirror shield. This artifact allows us to deflect new types of attacks, like laser beams. Using this shield, we continue pressing through the dungeon, trying to find the boss to kill and rescue the maiden that it shelters. One of the final rooms leading up to the boss is a dire maze of platforms moving along the rail system that is strewn with fire traps. Finally, we pass this maze and come to yet another room, which is full of switches and floor tiles that need to be switched and activated to allow us to pass through. Finally, the boss room is in sight, and we enter the chamber containing the beast. The dreadful boss looks like a three-headed turtle, with two of its heads being elemental versions of the normal head. Using the fire and ice rods, we damage and destroy the elemental heads, causing the beast to rampage around the room trying to eat us. While we dodge the deadly turtle, we slash again and again at the weak spot in its belly. Eventually, the stone turtle is destroyed and the final maiden descends to the floor of the dungeon. Zelda, who is the final maiden, speaks to us and remarks that Link is indeed the legendary hero. She maintains that she felt this since the first time that we met in the sanctuary at the start of our journey. She goes on to say that Ganon is waiting in his tower to bridge the light and the dark world, thus accomplishing his cruel purpose. If Ganon succeeds in entering the light world, all hope is lost, but as long as Ganon remains in the dark world, we can find and exterminate him. Zelda urges us to proceed to Ganon's tower where we will use our combined powers to break the surrounding barrier and return peace to the land. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.
0: This has been the plot recap as read by Matt. Let's get into part two, which is our takes. Matt, lead us off here. Uh, how do you feel about this section of the game? And feel free to be brief, because honestly, I feel like we could just blow through part two and just get straight to the dungeon if we want yeah, to do I mean, that.
1: It's it's fine. Like it's variation on a theme, right? So the last three or four dungeons have, or the last at least two, no, the last three have all been go back to the light world, find a way into the dark world, and enter the dungeon that way. Um, I have the same problem with entering this dungeon that I did with Misery Mire, which is if you don't already have the medallion, that is just like a whole lot of extra work and there's really no signposting. And I can't imagine how absolutely incredibly frustrating that would be, blah, 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 blah. Cut and paste everything I said about the Misery Mire dungeon entrance over here. But then add in the fact that navigating over to that section of the map is far more difficult than misery mire. So like it feels like the ease of accessibility has fallen off a cliff in the last, you know, couple dungeons in this game, right? Like I never felt like any of the other dungeons were necessarily super hard to find or get to or enter, but these last two, I can like man, just rough. <laughs> so See, this is kind of
0: yeah, I'm going to disagree with you just a bit. I, I think that on the whole, Misery Mire was a tougher dungeon to get into than this one is, just because. Um, like you're, you're right. The medallion. It, it's kind of the same thing with both of them. If you don't have that, then you're, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, with Misery Mire, though, one. You've never had to access anything with a medallion before that one, and so I can see there being a lot more confusion there. Like, if you get to the entrance to Turtle Rock and you don't have the required medallion, at least you kind of know what you're looking for at that point, right? Like, you've already gotten into a dungeon once with a medallion, so you know it's just a matter of going and finding the correct one. And then also, I I still maintain that the whole having to use the bird to get into um, the Dark World swamp, you know— from Mm -hmm. the light world is i i still think that that's kind of like a logical jump and and you know i said in last week's episode that it was really cool and i still think it's really cool i'm glad it's in there but i do think that that is just like a harder puzzle i don't even know if you can call it a puzzle but it's a harder trick to figure out than this um because it's really not all that difficult to get over to uh to the, the far Eastern mountain range in the dark world. Like there's a lot of stuff that can kind of hurt you on the way. And it it is kind of like a journey, but I don't think that it's wildly difficult to get over there. It really is just kind of, you know, taking time to do it.
1: Yeah, I guess I think that just that area of the map in general, I don't necessarily love like all in the top down Zeldas all the places that you go in that are like weird mazes of, um, tunnels that have random holes and you have to drop through the holes to like get through, through places. I just like, don't love the mountain range in this game at yeah. all. <laughs> so like, that's kind of, I guess part of it, but, um, I, I, I see what you're saying for sure about uh, definitely about the, you know, the bird statue or the, the bird fast travel being, um, being the way to get into Misery mire would definitely be a much more obtuse cha-ching um, thing than you know traversing mm-hmm. through past para right? Like for sure, right? I agree with that. And and yes, now that we've yeah. been um now that we've been sensitized to the medallion mechanic, sure. But again, like now, you, it, even if you do make that connection, which you know you would assume that someone would. Go find the medallion now, and I'm like, Ugh. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Fetch quest. Okay.
0: Okay. No, me. I mean, yeah. No, I. You're right. Um, you're right. Uh, it, in essentials, I think you're making some very good points, Matt, um, and I don't disagree with any of them. What did you think about the puzzle that actually is required to open up the portal to get to uh, the dark world?
1: It was impossible whenever i was playing the game without sound on and then when i turned <laughs> on, I was like oh i know what to do now
0: <laughs> it's almost like uh, it's almost like the designers of this game never intended for people to be playing it on portable systems like i think they were just imagining all those 12 year old kids with their crt tvs in their basement and yeah just just thinking like well they're not going to be turning the volume all the way down
1: Right, but seriously, that probably did happen a lot. Someone wants to, you know, kids back in the day want to get up and play video games while their parents are asleep. I mean, you got to turn the volume all the way down.
0: I don't know anyone who does that.
1: Time, it's time honored tradition, Lyndon. Time honored
0: tradition. <laughs> I look, I'm being, I'm being facetious. I took part in said tradition many's a time.
1: I know. I was with you most of the time that it happened.
0: Mm, those it's are the good old days, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: You know what the funny yeah. thing is? I'm like way more afraid of waking up and sneaking out to play video games and my wife getting mad at me than I ever am of than I ever was of I'm our parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's fair. Also, it's a lot harder to get up and sneak out and play video games when you sleep in the same bed as the person you're afraid of getting caught by. Yeah, well, and they. she's
0: she's a light sleeper and she hears like a bat. So all those things no, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, so I, no, I, I, I you, you what? I won't tell her you said any of this.
0: You can tell her everything. She's stuck with me. We have a baby together.
1: Uh, that's a good point.
0: I love her so much.
1: Um, I, I know. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I do like the puzzle that kind of gets us into the dark world from here. I do. Um, I enjoyed this kind of thing that's been happening with the last few dark world dungeons where the entrance can only be accessed through the light world. I just think that makes for a fun having to go back and forth between the two worlds mechanic. Um, And maybe they're not the most complicated ever, but it's neat. It's appreciated.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a unique. It is a unique mechanic that only this game or a game like it would be able to pull off. And it's, it's fun. It's something that I have not experienced personally in any other Zelda game. Besides maybe the time travel to get into the well in Ocarina of Time would be the only really other instance that I could see of, of anything like this. So yeah, I, I like it. It's unique.
0: Man, I can't wait for you to play a Link Between Worlds. Seriously. I yeah. Ah, man, that's gonna be so much fun. Anywho, we're gonna do that another time. The that is not the game that we're playing today. That's um not- No, no. Uh, But yeah, okay. so part two, how did we enjoy this section of the game? I mean, it was a section of game. It got us to a dungeon, right? I mean,
1: it got us to a doozy of a dungeon.
0: It did. So let's get on into part three, which is the dungeon map where we analyze this week's dungeon for mechanics to music and more. This week's dungeon is, of course, the Turtles Rock. And as I said in last week's episode, I had almost zero memory. Uh, about this dungeon for some reason i was thinking of it as a lava dungeon and the only reason that that was happening was because in Link's awakening turtles rock is a lava dungeon and i was kind of conflating the two in my head um and this dungeon is nothing like that one
1: no not at all and do we have a lava dungeon in a link to the past uh did
0: no nope never
1: happened there's no alan okay cool that's also a first for me I don't. I don't think that's first for Zelda in general, but it's first for me personally. So cool. Yeah. Um,
0: no. So yeah. So I had no memory of this dungeon, no knowledge to kind of fall back on when I was running up against hard puzzles or trickety tricks or whatever, and uh, and I found it to be incredibly satisfying for that reason. Like this dungeon, I think is the is truly difficult in the most fair of ways.
1: I act, I totally agree about difficulty and now that you say in a fair way i can see i can see that as well there's not there's no mechanic in here that is just impossible or borderline impossible to grasp somewhat quickly the only exception being trying to figure out what to do immediately when you enter and you're like bottomless chasm there's this weird thing looks like a monorail track. Um Blaine is a pain and that's the truth, but yeah. um another deep cut. Um figuring that out, which didn't take me all that long because I did what I did what I always do, which is take every single item I have and just like use it on the thing and eventually one of them worked. So um that was fine. And then that main mechanic of using the cane of samaria to create the moving platforms just is what more or less carries you through the entire dungeon. And um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it took me a hot minute to figure out how to really control those platforms. And I felt like the controls weren't always crisp, but that's really my only complaint about the main mechanic of this dungeon is that the, the controlling isn't exactly crisp. But that's a very minor complaint considering sure. the age of the system and everything else that goes into it, right? But.
0: Yeah, so on those monorail tracks, did the little uh, staff of Samaria shaped icon that's on them not kind of give it away for you? that That's what you needed to use?
1: What do you mean, staff of Samaria shaped icon? Did I just like totally not connect those dots? Hold on, I'm going to yeah. go look at it.
0: Yeah, go look at a picture oh, okay. of it. It
1: looks, it looks like a Mario question mark block.
0: That's uh, what I. I thought. G- I mean, I guess that's fair, but I I think it is intended to read as like, hey, this is a cane, you know?
1: Well, fair enough. I was just associating it with a Super Mario question mark block.
0: (laughs) Cool. I mean, yeah, no, I do think it's kind of fun, though, um, that this is the dungeon where you get the most use out of the, what is it, the staff or the cane of Samaria? I always forget. Cane. Okay, Okay. you get you get way more use out of the cane of Samaria than you do in the dungeon Uh where you get it. And I thought that that was like really, really funny. And it's even like it's such a weird use case for it, too. It's like you're using it. okay? you're using it constantly, but also not at all in the way that you were initially like told that it should be used. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. And like you had no indication whatsoever that it could do this. At any point, like, it's just a very wild, um, weird edge case, right? Like, I I, I like it. I I cannot think of any mechanic even remotely similar to it in any Zelda game that I have played. But like, it's cool.
0: no, yeah, it is. It is fun, and it really does. Um, it creates a situation where most of the rooms of this dungeon just require so much trial and error to progress through, because you're yeah. constantly having to like find the correct path to get to whatever you know new room you haven't been to, and that goes doubly so for once you get to the bottom floor and the lights go out, and you're having to. Run oh. this, <laughs> and there's like oh. fire. There's like fire pillars that are rotating everywhere, and um, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I died constantly
1: in that bottom room. I used four fairies. No, no, I used like three. Two. I used two fairies in that room alone, and also I used up so much magic meter because I was trying to use the cape to stop myself from dying. Oh man, that room that room was definitely not my favorite. What I will say, one of the most favorite um little puzzles in this dungeon is actually one of the first ones where you go in the room that has the four torches that you have to light with the fire rod. That little thing was really fun for me where there's you have to like time it right to so where you can hit two pillars at the same time, but it's better to go like backwards around the track instead of forwards so that you hit them with enough time so that they don't go out by the time you reach the other side. I, I really liked that puzzle. That puzzle room was fun.
0: Yeah. I also really enjoyed that one. It's a fun brain teaser because you're dealing with a very specific puzzle and a very specific uh, limiting factor in time, like time that it takes for the torches to stay lit before they go out, um, and then also having to time how long it takes your little platform to move all the way around and get you back to the door that you're supposed to be unlocking. And it's really fun because it, like, the track can be kind of transversed in several different ways, and it creates this interesting trial and error situation where you're just having to... I I don't know, like try three or four different ways of making it around this track and shooting those torches in different ways. Um, And I completely depleted my magic meter once just trying to figure out like, okay, so I can get these at the same time, but not this one. And then how do I? Okay, cool. So let's try this. Um, I had to magic mirror out of the dungeon and go get magic and come back. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I, um, did not run out of magic in this part. I did run out of magic, like I said, in the big room. And so I just, <laughs> I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I didn't want to leave the dungeon at that point when I finally made it all the way through. I was like, I'm not doing this stupid puzzle again. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of crossed my fingered, fingers and hoped that I would run into some enemies that would drop some magic meter. And luckily I, I did. So I was able to, you know, get full magic meter before going up to the boss. Um, but man, This bot, this dungeon is just crazy magic heavy.
0: It is, yes, yes. Because you're 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 taking a not huge chunk every time you summon a platform with the cane of Samaria. Like it's small, but you're doing that so often that it does kind of add up over time. And then you have puzzles that revolve very heavily around things like the fire rod. So yeah, it it tends to go pretty quick. Um, There is one room that. I was so frustrated by it. It's in the top right corner of the first main room that you go in. Uh, mm-hmm. So so, so the first main platform room you go in, it's the top right room in there. And it's the one with the floor tiles, the seeking floor tiles that hurt you. I hate
1: those things, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. They're the worst. So you get through all that and then you get into a room on the other side of it and there's just a fairy in there. And don't get me wrong. I'm happy to get a fairy whenever one is offered, but there's also four of the statues with the tongues in that room. And every now and again, you have to like pull the tongues on those statues yeah, to open something yet. up. Yeah. And like there's nothing that happens in there besides getting a fairy. And it was so freaking frustrating because I was like, I got to be missing something. Um it's tough for me to remember sometimes that in this game specifically not every room necessarily has a dungeon solving purpose like actually a lot of them don't and right. going going back to our baked in knowledge of zelda dungeon design um the more modern games i mean for the most part every room serves serves a purpose right like mm-hmm. uh, Nothing like that. No, no grid square is wasted in a modern Zelda dungeon. So yeah, that was a little, that, that room was a little frustrating to me, but, um, you know, kind of bounced out of there as soon as I kind of got the hint that's like, I don't think I really need anything in here and moved on. Um,
1: yeah the the room that i found myself going back to on purpose most frequently is the one that's got like the three anti-fairies in it and i would just run back in there and just replenish my fairies anytime <laughs> I them. and like yeah. I, I swear, i farmed those anti-fairies like probably five times i did the same times.
0: yeah i did the same thing and i have to say that my my pocket sand aim is pretty stellar <laughs> these days mm-hmm. like it's yeah, gotten much better Not to brag, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, what did you think of the tube system? So we've talked about the moving platforms. What did you think of the tube system?
0: You know, um, call me crazy. Maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment. But like after the platform situation where so much thought was required to figure out how to do that correctly, the tubes I felt like were kind of a letdown from a complexity standpoint. For the most part, I mean – you kind of like, even though it looks like an incredibly nonlinear thing and it is like, you can take the wrong one and get shot out somewhere that you don't want to be. Um, but for the most part, not a whole lot of thought is required to kind of get where you're going in those. And I kind of did find myself wishing that there had been some more difficulty to it. Like maybe if you take one tube, then it shoots you out to like a warp point that takes you back to the beginning of the dungeon or something, you know? I mean, like I said, that's, That's like an incredibly punishing idea, but I mean, but like, why not? This is the last dungeon, you know, go hard.
1: Go hard. Yeah. I think that for me, I would rather, instead of seeing it like shoot you back out to the beginning, it would have been cool if they had like connected all the tubes and made you pick a path, but like, like a maze almost. Right. So you know, I'm looking at some of these tubes and they cross each other in a lot of different places. So it would have been kind of neat if you had had multiple entrance points that kind of worked like a, a maze where, you you know, you don't necessarily see link, but you come to a, a juncture and you have to pick, you know, straight, left, right, whatever. And that can affect, you know, where you end up. And maybe depending on which tube you use, you can only select certain directions. It would be more complicated, but not overly punishing and be a little more interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, that would have been a good, a good way to approach it. But, but like, also it's tough to complain about because this isn't a short dungeon. So maybe, That's you in this here. is
1: probably the longest one we played.
0: Um, I think this is probably the longest one that we played by design. Although depending on how long it takes you to kind of like figure your way around the skull woods, I can see people i can yeah i can i can see people spending more time on that one um but i do think that just in terms of like if you were to lay it out as a map and like plot where you go from room to room to room to puzzle to puzzle then yes i think that this one is intended to be the longest dungeon in the game
1: yeah I, i i think that's accurate um what'd
0: you what'd you think of the chain chomp room
1: oh god um I basically, after dying in that room, I just threw on my magic cape and walked around to solve it because I was like, "I'm tired of effing with this." <laughs> they hit you; they take like four hearts away every time they hit you, <laughs> and they can hit you like multiple times without resetting. Like, oh my gosh, they were nuts.
0: Yeah, they are. They are definitely pretty nuts. So, um, that that room was a big source of frustration for me as well because. You know, re- all it really is. Once you figure out that there's no enemies that you can kill, and there's no way to kill the chain chomps, um, mm-hmm. you know that it has to be a block puzzle. You know,
1: yeah. That, that's where I figured. That's what kind of annoyed me was like I I tried to after I got hit a couple of times. I tried to kill them, but obviously nothing hurts them, and so I was like, ah. yeah.
0: I may be going completely. I don't, completely- want, I
1: don't want unkillable enemies. I I don't I don't like unkillable enemies.
0: Well, then this dungeon must be your least favorite in the world because to my memory – I'm. Tra- tell me if I'm completely wrong on this, but are there any killable enemies in this dungeon other than –
1: Oh, yeah, tons. So like anti-fairies technically you – know, yeah, sure. Yes, sure. The floating skulls and then they have the cactus-looking things like for Mario.
0: Oh, that's right. I guess there's Stalfos in here too aren't there?
1: Uh, And if you go into, apparently, I didn't know this, but I always have the Zelda dungeon.net, like walkthrough open as we go through the episodes, just to jog my memory. But um, apparently there's a room in this dungeon where you like go outside and then go back into the light world and go into and grab a heart piece. And there's some Goria enemies. So anyway, there's some, some what enemies? Goria, the, the green elephants that, move with you that you have to shoot
0: oh gotcha
1: yeah anyway n- not super important but uh yeah there there are killable there are killable enemies in here oh in is the, that there's also is that a-, a helmet
0: is that the door um is that the door is close to the end of the dungeon it's there's a long corridor of chests and one of them has the key the rest of them have rupees and there's eyes shooting laser beams at you
1: Yes, that's yes, that's the that is when you bomb the wall at the end of the path, you can go outside and it's just like it's a looks like a dead end, basically. But if you use the apparently I didn't know this, I didn't I didn't do this personally. But if you use the mirror, um, you can go back to the light world and access a um, a cave that is inaccessible other than doing this. Um, And it's got a piece of heart in it.
0: You know what I honestly thought that was for? Because I did go through it and came out to the dead end and was really confused by it. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why this is here. Um, after beating the boss, I was thinking about it a little bit more. And my assumption was that they were <laughs> um, giving them more uh, credit than is deserved, I guess. Um My assumption was that they included an entry back into the overworld because when you die after facing the boss, I think that you get shooped back to whatever point you entered the dungeon from the overworld last. I need to test that and see if that's true. I don't think you – I don't think you by default go back to the dungeon entrance. I think you go back to wherever you entered the dungeon from last, which for most dungeons is the dungeon entrance. Right. But like – I was thinking for this one, did they do that so that you can create like a checkpoint for yourself essentially? (laughs) If you die facing the boss you don't have to like get all the way back down to...
1: Yeah, that would be annoying.
0: Yeah, I, I need to actually test that out and see if I'm right about that. If you die after having exited the dungeon from a different Um, door than the main one do you get sent back to that door after you die in the dungeon that's a that's a cool one to test out but anyway it turns out that that assumption was completely wrong um, and i should have actually hung around for a second longer and tried to make some stuff happen there Um, magic mirror i almost always forget about that thing as a tool for like puzzle solving
1: right well, especially in dungeons, because in dungeons, it takes you back to the entrance, and that's not what you want to do, right? So right. I have a hard time, and yeah, you know, again, coming from our experience with Zelda, is I have a hard time interacting with dungeons that take you out of the dungeon. Like, that doesn't really successfully compute with me, still. Even though this is like the third time this has happened in, in this game. <laughs> yeah So it's yeah. weird
0: man how much do you re- I, like i just thinking about it now it's been brought up before but i hope so badly that breath of the wild 2 knowing that it is going to have dungeons has ones that are just like can be freely entered and exited from the overworld you know like like yeah. you just kind of discover ruins out in the world and you can it, it's just like anything else you find in that game but it's a dungeon
1: yeah you hop in and you're like oh wow okay i'm entering a whole dungeon let's go yep God, I'm there. amazing
0: yeah um let's talk about the item that we get in this dungeon which is the mirror shield it's an uh you know a staple, a staple. yeah um lots of incarnations of the mirror shield floating around in zelda games this one while looking very cool Is not all that super useful in here.
1: (laughs) This basically does the least of any mirror shield I've ever personally used. Um, I was really hoping you would be able to use it to reflect the boss's attacks back at him. But no.
0: Well, and and again, talking about that ingrained knowledge of Zelda, um, you know, when I saw this boss the first time, I was immediately thinking of Twin Rova and the way that we yes, beat Twin Rova. Yeah, exactly
1: that's what I thought about. Yeah, the way that we beat Twin Rova. Fire yeah. back at the eye. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought about.
0: But no Siri Jim, the mirror shield is not used at all in the fighting of the boss. And um, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that would have been like a technical restraint, like the projectile, you know, sensing one element versus the other um you know no idea i i guess that just wasn't feasible for some reason when they were designing this game originally but um yeah not the way that that fight works and as a consequence of that the mirror shield is not used for a whole ton in this dungeon aside from blocking the um admittedly high damage laser beam eyes that we encounter several times in here um i'm looking at uh the uh, Zelda wiki at the moment, because I'm trying to keep a running list of like when we upgrade shields and armor and stuff, what all is it effective against? Um, mm-hmm. The mirror shield is the strongest shield that Link can obtain. It is better than the two previous shields known for a, its ability to stop beams such as those fired by laser eyes. Knew that. And attacks from enemies such as Lynels. And it can even reflect Wisrobe projectiles.
1: Oh, well, that's so- fun.
0: Yeah, that's neat. However, it cannot stop the beams of a Beemos. It is particularly large, with only half of Link's body being visible behind it during gameplay. It cannot be stolen.
1: Uh, Oh, that's nice. Stupid leg likes.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. So really, it is just... It is just... uh, adding beam deflection functionality to your shield. Um, Although whenever we get to Ganon's tower, if there are whiz robes in there, I'm going to need to remember that it can in fact reflect those because that sounds handy.
1: That does sound handy. Um, So, you know, yeah, this mirror shield, this mirror shield is just kind of meh to me compared to, you know, specifically Ocarina of Time mirror shield or Majora's mask mirror shield, um, which both were pretty dope. So.
0: Well, even, even the Link's Awakening Mirror Shield, where it was kind of like required to get into a dungeon, you know, you had to reflect flames with it to get into Turtle's Rock. Uh, and then, you know, we learned later that it can do a whole bunch of extra awesome stuff past that that we didn't know about when we were actually playing the game. But
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's OK.
1: We have our yeah. Twitter force; They tell us all the cool things we don't know. Yeah. So
0: it really is like the the final nail in the coffin of my whole Uh, my whole pet peeve with link to the past dungeons where the item you get in the dungeon serves more to kind of round out your personal kit of stuff than it does for actual dungeon puzzle solving. So,
1: yeah, I I would totally agree with that.
0: Yeah. And I guess like there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, it's just, it's a choice, uh, and it is cool seeing Link walk around with all this awesome gear that he's collected over the course of this whole game you know the mirror shield uh-huh. itself looks really cool it's huge it's huge in gold
1: it's massive
0: yeah so that's neat but I mean yeah I guess I guess I just need to kind of divorce myself from that way of thinking that Dungeons have to revolve around an item in which I use it to solve puzzles. Um, and, and and that's even probably like an unfair criticism for this dungeon, because so much of it is uh, puzzle solving that is required to be done by an item that you've gotten in a previous dungeon. Fire Rod and King <clears throat> of Samaria. So,
1: this is the most item. This is the most versatile item heavy dungeon, right? Like there are. Four items you absolutely have to have in order to beat this dungeon slash boss you have to have the cane of samaria you have to have the mirror shield in order to progress because i mean i guess you don't technically have to but if you don't have the mirror shield you're gonna die a lot to the beam eye things um you have to have the fire rod and you have to have the ice rod Am I missing anything? I'd like, and you have to have bombs, but you have to have bombs for everything. So I don't
0: yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think you're missing anything. I do wonder if the Ether Medallion would work to damage the boss in lieu of having an Ice Rod, um, because I don't know if you saw this, but we actually did get a, a little Twitter ping uh, explaining to us exactly what the Ether Medallion is good for besides dispelling the storm in Misery Mire, and basically what it does is it Ice Rods everybody that's visible on the screen at any given time.
1: Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, well, yeah. uh, if anyone knows, ZeldaDungeon.net knows. Let me see. What's the name of this boss, by the way? Trinex. T-R-I-N-E-X-X. They did the whole double X.
0: Yeah, that was just one extra X away from being a whole different type of video game character. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, Zelda net does not say anything about the ether medallion working. So I don't know. I, I okay. personally kind of doubt it, but I
0: don't yeah, know. I'm guessing it. Guessing it probably doesn't. Well, we're, we're beating around this bush quite a lot. So let's just get into it. Let's talk about Trinax. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The boss of turtle rock who I actually thought was a really fun boss and decently difficult. Um, He's, a not, he's what?
1: He's a danger turtle.
0: He's a danger turtle. He's a danger fire and ice turtle. He's a turtle of fire and ice.
1: (laughs) His ending is arguably better than that of a song of fire and ice. It could
0: be. It could be argued. It Um, could be argued. No, Yeah, I had a lot of fun fighting this guy, and I thought that while he was hard, um, it was hard in, again, using that F word, fair, hard in a fair way. Um, I will never claim Mothra as being like a fair boss to fight against. And uh, blind, I would say, is for the most part. And I don't know that Trinax is... As difficult as either Mothra or Blind, but I found it to be a very fun challenge nonetheless. It's got um it's got a lot of what I consider to be good boss fight design in top-down Zelda games, where the key to beating him is one, figuring out the shtick, like what's the mechanic, what what's the damaging mechanic that we have to do to this guy and then also just learning how to position yourself well to dodge attacks that do massive damage um i think that boss combined both of these things into one really fun experience
1: i think you're absolutely correct and i will say i think this was to me the i don't want to say hardest boss because obviously mothra just is ridiculous Um, but I think he was harder than blind and I think he was harder than any of the other ones besides Mothra. Um, not because, I mean, obviously the massive amounts of damage that he does is a huge factor, but, um, the limiting factor of you only have so much magic, right? And I actually had to, this was the only time in this entire game that I have used the rewind function because I got through you know, most of this boss fight, killed one of the heads, and then I ran out of magic before I was able to kill the second elemental head. And so I had to rewind back to mm. a point where I missed less shots. So like, while I think that... While I don't think that that is unfair, I think that is a totally fair mechanic. I think that's a totally fun mechanic, really, to be 100% honest. Um the fact that i had to like everything in this dungeon forces you to use magic so i had already used my magic meter potion and i died a few times fighting this boss and had to use fairies so like i i I left this boss fight with like four hearts no fairies no magic no potions and like Basically, if you if you didn't get, you know, all of that refilled at the end of this dungeon, I would have left the dungeon and been like basically dead in the water, right? So it was definitely challenging, but in a fun way. I, I also agree that this was a very fun fight. Um very, very challenging and very hard. One of the one of the most difficult while still being fun top down bosses I think I've fought.
0: Hmm. Couldn't agree more. Tapped you right out, did he, Matt?
1: He did. He did. He tapped me all the way out. So what I did
0: think was um, interesting is that the second phase of this boss fight is actually significantly easier than the first phase. Once you get kind of his shell defeated and you just have to hit the glowing orb in the middle, I found that he was a lot easier to take out and died pretty quickly. I also don't know... um, so I'm going to get into more. I'm going to get into this more in in um, side quests. But do you happen to have the level four sword at the moment?
1: I did not nope. get the gold sword. No.
0: Okay. Cool. Um, so I do, and I don't know if the gold sword actually does more damage to bosses. Like I would have assumed that it does, but you know, then we were informed via Twitter a few weeks ago when we thought that our our scythe sword made all the difference against blind. And it turned out that that was we not the case yeah. at all.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> um, so I have no idea if this gold sword actually does more damage to uh Trinex than, uh, than any other one does, but I don't know. It felt like that second phase went pretty quickly. So for the moment, I'm going to choose to believe that my extra beefy sword did some extra beefy damage. Cause it's fun for me to think that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, uh, I definitely, Wish that I had a golden sword. That would be kind of fun. So I will be, that's my first stop on the way to uh, Ganon's Tower Castle thing.
0: Well, I'm not going to tell you, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, Do you know where to go to get that?
1: I do, because I got the Silver Arrows.
0: Oh, okay. And did you just like not?
1: Well, I didn't, I don't generally throw my sword away.
0: Okay. Tell tell you what. Let's swing back around okay, to this. We're here gonna we'll swing second.
1: back around to this when we get to. I know that's why I didn't want to get too far down. Okay. The path, okay. But. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate. Yeah. I love you.
0: Look. Looking out for the pod, Matt. Keeping I'm
1: looking looking out for our our schedule here.
0: Keeping respect for the format. I appreciate respect. you so much.
1: Yeah. Ah, thank you.
0: Well, do you have anything else you want to say about this dungeon before we move on? Um,
1: I don't, I, I don't think know. so. I think that like while the the second phase of the fight where he's just you know flying around really fast is definitely not necessarily as hard, it actually makes it infinitely harder if there if the ice head has like thrown down some some slick right and because it doesn't go away so there was a section in the a rather large section of the map for me that I like could not go on to because length like, starts slipping and sliding and then you just get conked real hard.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um,
1: so, you know, if I were to do this boss fight over again, I would immediately focus on killing the ice head first and then kill the fire head.
0: Conking, but, yeah. d- conking does happen. And I, I did run into the exact same issue where that infinite patch of ice really created problems for me. So yep. yeah, totally
1: agree. I think that, that's all that I've got to say on the boss and, and the, The dungeon itself, a a good dungeon, very good, uh, very good puzzle mechanics in the dungeon. Um, The room that was all dark with the multiple fire uh, thingies was more annoying than it needed to be. I think honestly, if they had left that room exactly the way it was, but not made it pitch black, that would have been fine. Like that would have been a really great room. But I think the added difficulty of it being dark was just a little step too much for me.
0: I don't know. I, I I like it. I think it was a, a, an appropriate amount of difficulty, especially given that like it's the third similar room that you've kind of made it to in that dungeon. So on a ramp up kind of mentality, I I, I dig it. Um, do you think that this is the hardest last dungeon of any of the games we've played so far? So just just so we're keeping track, that would be the Spirit Temple, Turtle's Rock in Link's Awakening. Yeah. The Fire Sanctuary in Skyward Sword, and then this one, Turtles Rock in A Link to the Past.
1: Then yes, I would say this is the most difficult dungeon. Out of so most. would I.
0: Yep. Yep. Completely agree. I thought you were gonna try and like stick up for your 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 boo Skyward Sword and say that that dungeon is harder than this one. And
1: nah, I don't, I don't think that dungeon's all that hard. Nah.
0: Me neither. Okay, let's move on to part four, which is where we talk side quests. Matt, did you get up to any side questy goodness this week?
1: I absolutely did. I bought the big old golden bomb and took it and blew up that massive uh, dickhead (laughs) crack in Ganon's pyramid. And I (laughs) threw my bow in there and got some silver arrows.
0: Oh my gosh. I did the exact same thing. Look, that crack has... Defeated us for weeks. We've thrown everything we have at it bombos, medallions, bombs. We've hit it with our.
1: So, one thing I did, I think last week or the week before, I put a bomb down and threw some magic powder on it to see if it would make it blow up bigger. (laughs) (laughs) It did not. (laughs)
0: oh man i did try pegasus uh bootsing into it as well which also does not work so yeah nope i did the same thing get that golden bomb take it all the way up there uh leave it in front of the crack and boom bob's your uncle we meet another uh great fairy and yeah we get some awesome silver arrows and in my case a golden sword it's
1: good stuff i will be heading back there immediately to grab a golden sword next week
0: yeah ganon's tower is a combat gauntlet like Seriously, waves and waves of difficult enemies. So, yeah, I would um, I would do that for sure. That would make your life much easier. Um, let's move on to part five, which is Z-targeting, where we lock on fascinating Whoa. characters or I, enemies I did that we happen to cross.
1: I did oh, you did you? Second. I did. I got the cane of Burna, So I now have all the items.
0: Ooh, I do not have the cane of Burna.
1: Yeah. Did I
0: care- didn't use it, but I got it. Do you do you know what it does? Because I don't. I don't even it, like remember. It,
1: so it like you use it and it casts a orb of light around you that allows you to just walk into an enemy and it damages the enemy but doesn't damage you.
0: Oh, but gotcha.
1: Of these so then you have to like once it goes away, you have to do the thing again, and it takes a decent chunk of magic. So it's not like insubstantial.
0: Does it? It, does it like constantly deplete your magic or no is just it just like pass. a one
1: okay yeah just cast it
0: okay well that actually that actually sounds really stinking useful
1: it does um i did not use it this time but mostly because i was out of magic by the time i got to the second phase of the Trinex fight otherwise i definitely would have used it um but i was out i wonder of magic
0: if it still. would have worked against him
1: uh it does uh, only in the second phase though
0: hmm okay cool i wonder do you know how much damage it does like relative to a level one sword slash i do not hmm you feel like checking on that real quick
1: sure one moment please
0: do do goog
1: i am doing the goog cane of burna which is spelled with a y yeah it is yes Hmm 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 Benny, When used, the cane of Berna creates a force field around Link, making him invincible from attacks or traps. However, it consumes magic power. The cane of Burna has essentially the same effect as the magic cape. However, the force field damages enemies if they make contact with Link. It uses less magic power, and enemies can see Link during its use. The cane of Burna is completely optional, as it's not required to complete the game. So, apparently, it's basically just a better version of the magic cape. <clears throat> it does yeah, not does say it how say much. Say anything about the damage. damage. It, it doesn't. Hold on. Let me see if there's well, another article. That was, just, that was just Zelda fandom wiki. I'm going to go to zeldadungeon.net because they normally have more information.
0: Now, we still love you, Zelda fandom wiki.
1: That's true. It's definitely, definitely true. Um, equaling the damage of the fighter's sword. So it equals the damage of the very first sword, not even the master sword.
0: Okay, I mean, that sounds only fair, though. I feel like you wouldn't, do you do? I mean, just from a balancing standpoint, you you don't want to be running around with a bubble that does, like, the same as a golden sword, you know?
1: Yep. Also, so the, the Cane of Burna protects even when you're swimming. Um, you cannot use a spin attack or sword beams while the Cane is active, and as soon as you leave the room that you are currently in, it will deactivate, so you have to recast it
0: okay good stuff to know can't wait to get it wonder if i'll actually use it mostly i just yeah. want to fill up that like last slot in my inventory i don't like that yeah, empty it is slot.
1: very it's very uh, rewarding for sure mm-hmm.
0: love it okay let's get into part five which is z-targeting where we lock onto fascinating characters or enemies that we happen to cross matt i'm gonna let you go first
1: um i'm gonna go with the cursed fairy our uh chunky lady who gives Mm. me very powerful arrows and I very appreciate her and she is beautiful with her curves and we love body positivity and all the things. Um, but mostly thank you for the ridiculously powerful arrows and I'm looking forward to getting a, even more powerful sword from you next week.
0: Cool. Yep. Super helpful fairy really like on the whole. Um, and yes, we, we think, we think that she's great. Uh, hope that she can make it out of the dark world at some point because no one deserves to, uh, yeah, there. We,
1: we wish the best for our, uh, curvy, curvy fairy friend.
0: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I'm going to go with trinex. Um, because there were really only two options in this section of the game. And, if and I you, took the other one. <laughs> yeah, which, whichever, whichever one you didn't choose, I was going to choose the other one. So there we go. I, those were
1: the uh, Trinex was my second option as well. If you went <laughs> there, so
0: look at that. We're on the same page. Yay, Trinex. No, I mean, look, for all the reasons that I said in the dungeon map, um, I appreciate bosses that have an interesting hook mechanic. Um, elemental damage weaknesses are as interesting of a mechanic as you can really get in Zelda bosses, you know? And I think that it's really well done here. I think it's a fun fight. I think he's got cool design. Um, yeah, just, I mean, all in all, uh, definitely one of the more fun bosses in this game. So yay. Character excellence for Trinex.
1: Definitely. You know, who else has a really cool character model? Who? Kimmy cat.
0: Oh, Kimmy cat. He's so cute. Hey Kimmy Kim, Kimmy
1: says, "Hero podcasty folks, it is me, Matt."
0: Kat. Matt, Matt's getting some uh, some straight kitty snugs over there right now. That's cute. This is darn cute. I've got Gassy pup in here right now as well.
1: He's a good boy. Um, yes. He's a snuggly boy. Gassy's um, anyway, all chilled yeah. out. Good, good picks all the way around. Yeah,
0: good stuff. Good stuff. Know. Good stuff. And Oh, you know what? There was actually a third option in this one that we totally could have gone with had we wanted to, and neither of us thought to.
1: Do share.
0: <laughs> freaking Zelda? Zelda. The t- oh my
1: god, we totally could have to picked Zelda. What is wrong with us?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the titular character of this entire <laughs> game slash saga? Whoops. <laughs> Actual Zelda?
1: <laughs> yeah. They kind of just throw her in there and give her just the, like, normo... Or Normie maiden treatment. Like, she doesn't feel special in this game. I mean, this
0: is is definitely not Zelda's, like, finest outing in the entire history of...
1: Yeah, Yeah, I actually kind of want to talk about that for a second. Because she does not feel any different or special or set apart from any of the other maidens to me. Like... I just feel like we just like I almost feel like the next thing that we're going to do is go actually rescue Zelda. But we just did that and it doesn't feel like we did. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hyping up or maybe I'm used to more dramatic Zelda interactions in our in my life. But this one was just pretty low key.
0: Well, because in this game, you don't even have the extra layer of knowing that she is a holder of one third of the Triforce, you know? I mean, right. e- even in other games where she doesn't have as much to do as we would like prefer her to, at least she's got narrative significance as being the holder of the Triforce of Wisdom, and that's not even a thing that's been established here. So, yeah, um, definitely not a great turn for Zelda overall. I'm trying to remember if there's any like huge thing that happens with her in the final like Ganon's Tower in the end of the game, but like obviously I know she's in the f- the final cutscene of the game. Like, this isn't the last time we see her, but I don't think there's any, like, major moment that really redeems Zelda's cool factor in A Link to the Past. Um, I think it's really safe to say that uh, we get a huge step up in that regard um, from this game to the next console Zelda game, which is Ocarina of Time. And, of course, we get all of our uh, Zelda and Sheik goodness in there. So, a huge improvement.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely massive improvement in Zelda's character from Link to the Past to Ocarina of Time, for sure.
0: Yeah, that is a that is a character that hopefully time just like shines brighter on as we kind of get further into the history of this game series.
1: And I think they really have like they've taken such massive steps in the characterization of Zelda and really, I would say, starting with Tetra, which I know enough about Wind Waker to know that Tetra is Zelda. Um, And so what? yeah (laughs) um starting with tetra where zelda really becomes less of a damsel in distress and more of her own character and and progressing that into um you know skyward sword zelda who is my personal favorite zelda very closely tied with or not tied not tied with but very closely related to my love of breath of the wild zelda um and then breath of the wild 2 zelda looks like an even more confident boss lady version of breath of the wild one zelda so like i I think that they've done a lot to help zelda's character between wind waker twilight princess zelda is its own thing she's her own woman for sure so it's a little bit different but the, the characterization of zelda has gotten steadily better over the course of the last call it two decades
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I I was talking more about my hope that that trend continues um, as we go further into the future. Um, Really, I'm obliquely referencing all the rumors that continue flying around that Zelda might, in fact, be a playable character of some kind in Breath of the Wild 2. I personally think that –
1: No, and and I was going to say that I I think that everything that I was saying was too – confirm your desire is that i think that they are going to continue this trend it is that they they started this trend over the last two decades of zelda games and i think they're o- they're only going in the right direction still um yeah now whether or not yeah. playable character i don't know where i stand on that necessarily but meh conversation for another time.
0: i mean i personally think that it's a it's a pipe dream like as much as i would love for zelda to be playable for a chunk of Breath of the Wild 2, um, I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I do think that her character is gonna have a lot more interesting stuff to work with, uh, in that game, so.
1: And she's good. the only, uh, she's the only other person who, uh, the Master Sword has ever, uh, responded to, or, uh, I don't wanna say performed for, but, um.
0: No, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, no, which would be great because we didn't see a whole lot of Zelda in uh, in Breath of the Wild outside of memories. So, anywho, uh, I feel like we'll be having more conversations about that here in a few weeks. But uh, for now, let's go ahead and move on into part six, which is our final thoughts. Matt, you want to wrap this one up for us real quick?
1: Sure. Um, so this section of game outside of the dungeon was pretty short. But uh we were rewarded for all of our uh, effort with a phenomenally challenging brain teaser of a, of a dungeon um, that pushed us as puzzle solvers and as uh, combatants to uh, put us to the test in all the, all these different ways that was very uh, rewarding to see all the way through to the end and then to see success uh, capped off with an extremely challenging but fair and fun, uh, boss fight that, uh, pushed us to, uh, the edges of limits with our magic ability. But, uh, at the end of the day, uh, was just a really well-rounded dungeon, um, and capped it off with rescuing Zelda, which is, you know, always a, a key goal of most Zelda games. So all the way around, I would say a very phenomenal, um, and rewarding and challenging section of game.
0: Yep. Couldn't agree more. Well said. As always, Matt, you have a real knack for those. Yeah, thank you. Yes. I'm good at just
1: talking out, out of, out of my butt. I just pull things out of thin air. And this is sometimes it comes together. I don't know. It's, what it do.
0: it's a useful <laughs> skill for a person to have. So I'm happy that you <laughs> possess it. Oh, thank you. Oh man. Crazy to think that we're, re- yeah, you're welcome. It's crazy to think that we're almost at the end of this game. Like seriously, one more episode than a recap and then it's lights out on a link to the past.
1: Two more episodes and then Breath of the Wild time.
0: Breath of the Wild time, um, and of course, while uh, while our listeners are going to be enduring a hiatus, we of course are going to be jumping straight into Breath of the Wild as soon as we roll credits on this game. Um, I may even start up uh, immediately. You know, like within within a few days, just get right back onto the Great Plateau and just get rolling with it. It's going to be a well, good time. I mean-
1: I'm going to beat link to the past this week while I'm on vacation. And then as soon as I do that, I will also be starting breath of the wild. So yeah, uh, I will be on the beach playing breath of the wild at some point over the next uh, 10 days.
0: Well, that just sounds like a damn good time.
1: Right? Doesn't it? I'm so
0: excited. (sighs) Color me jelly, but I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Well, Matt, are you ready to wrap this one up so that you can get on with your night and then uh, on into the rest of your week, which uh, involves the previously mentioned beach and Mai Tais?
1: I am so ready. So we've got an early morning flight. So let's uh, wrap it up and get on out of here.
0: Sounds good to me. If you enjoyed today's show and you'd like a little extra Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod and you can become a patron. If you've got no rupees, it is not a problem. Five-star Apple podcast reviews are a great free way to support us. More reviews means that more people see our show. That makes us very happy Hylians. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sacred Pod for updates on the podcast and for behind-the-scenes action. Sacred Realms will be back next Wednesday with our thoughts on A Link to the Past, Chapter 11, covering Ganon's Tower, and the end of the game. We'd love for you to play along with us and to share your thoughts on our social channels. A Link to the Past can be played in a variety of eShops on the Super Nintendo Classic, on an actual Super Nintendo on the Game Boy Advance, minus Igor the Block, or on the Nintendo Switch online subscription service, which is the version that Matt and I are playing. In the meantime, may your hearts be full. May your arrows never miss. We'll catch you guys next time. Sacred Realms is an independent podcast production, which is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lyndon Willoughby. Our music comes from Zelda and Chill by Mikkel and is graciously provided to us by Mikkel and Game Chops Records. Zelda and Chill is available to stream on Spotify or to purchase directly from GameChops.com. Finally, our thanks go to Nintendo for
1: creating such exceptional and innovative experiences. Bye.